So we were like, hey, can we make this deal in a sense that it's going to be cash flow positive? And if it is, as, as you know, obviously when we consider all the, uh, you know, different aspect of uh, cash flow analysis, at the end of the day, how much cash flow it brings in, and if it doesn't bring enough cash flow for us, is this a house that we love? <laughs> it's it's really like cheesy when I say this, but we actually have a home right now that is like minus fifty dollars a month, so it's definitely not a great, but we absolutely love that house. Like. Whenever we go in there, we just like call ceiling, you know, great patio and we're like. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. It's not every day I get to talk to a data scientist, particularly one who's buying lots of units in real estate. So, Basha, thank you for joining me today. Today, we're going to be talking about how to grow your net worth through real estate investing, but particularly maybe one where you continue to have your job. Pasha, like many people out there, maybe doesn't hate his job. He actually likes doing his job and still wants to grow his net worth, maybe wants some freedom. So we're going to talk about maybe hanging on to your W-2, maybe a little bit about the data science world, and of course, about the investing world. So, Pasha, thank you so much for joining us. Let's let's take it right away. Like. How has your role in data science impacted your real estate investing, if at all? Oh, a lot. Uh, I would say uh, my job as a data scientist is basically just working with numbers, analyzing numbers daily, building tools, building pipelines of data. And I, I realized I could use a lot of that in my real estate journey. Uh, so when we got started investing in real estate, one of the things that I realized uh, we could benefit a lot from that was basically building systems around all the operations that goes with real estate hand to hand. So uh, we actually, we are, we are primarily buy and hold type of investor. We buy homes, we improve them and then we rent them for hire. Uh, so managing those operations, uh, we realized that systems actually can be really, really helpful around it. Because uh, first we, we started hiring property managers and then after that we're like, nah, that's, we're losing a lot on it and it's just not money. We actually spend more time on it than before. So I was like, no, I'm just going to build a system around it. So now we have 20 uh, units. We actually were 38. Now we're back to 20. But uh, like I have virtual assistant from different parts of the world that are running my business for me, like the operation day to day. And we just like overlook into it like every week. We have meetings to make sure everything is in good place. So we build systems around things. And the second thing that are really helping us is that when you have a good W-2 job, uh, uh, I mean, by good, I said like a steady income, uh, it yeah. makes you bankable. So uh, uh, we can we can get better loans and bigger loans and then just, with just our rental income. And that allowed us to buy more, specifically better terms. So. Uh, these are the uh, these are the two two components I would say that the W two uh, is still worth keeping at least for me. When you're talking about building systems, are you talking about coding software? Are you talking about just using existing out of the box software? Oh, that's a that's a very good question. So, I've been coding since I would say probably twenty years ago, and um, it's it's I, I usually like to build my own stuff for myself because I have more control over it. It's a little bit obsession too, I'm not gonna lie. But uh, no, I, it's, it's most of the things are actually built by myself, but it's not just programming. It's not just software. So systems are more about like building your input process and outputs around your business. Now, sometimes you need the code to do it. Sometimes you need a human being to take the input, do this the way you want and then deliver you the thing that you want. That is also a system. 
So system is a little bit like a bigger uh, definition, in my opinion, and it's a very loose definition. Like it's, you can you can ask ten different data scientists what they think about systems, and I guarantee that you're going to get twelve answers. Uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, I, I usually have three principles. I'm going to uh, like let you know real real quick. When we want to build a system, we look into three things. One, it needs to solve the problem as best as it can now. I don't want a perfect system. I just want a system that can address my problems now. Two, am I making it too complicated? Sometimes the best systems that we've made are like on Google Sheet and Google Docs. Like I'm not even exaggerating. They are way better than not. We, we have like, you know, more complicated systems building all tricks and Podio and all of that. But I would say like 90% of the things that we want can be addressed by like a simple formula in a spreadsheet. So you don't have to overkill this. All you need to do is to make sure that you're building a system that can address you. And the third one is, do we have KPI on that system? Because you want to make sure that you check the system itself. Uh, business changes, needs change, requirements change. You want to make sure that you go back to it and you check it more often, and then you go back and you know make your system better. How long did it take you to build your process? I mean, you had 38 units. You've you've come down to 20. Oh, that's you're a good question. Yeah. Uh, so the, the very first time that we started with one duplex, uh, it was my, uh, our first deal nothing with, <laughs> was a great deal. It actually like catapulted us to the next one. Uh, and then after that as well, um, we started hiring a property manager and we immediately realized that was a big mistake. So we had to let them go and I built it in a week. And then after that, we, like, I went back and I fixed it and I made it better as we go forward. But uh, I would say about a week, it took, took me a week to, to build it. So obviously the, the large part of the reason you were able to do that in a week was probably because of your background and consistently developing these these systems in the other company? I I think so, yeah, I guess so. Because <laughs> I remember I pushed my wife to, to, be, to be a data scientist too. And yeah. after she got her first job as a data scientist, she was like, I, I hate this. And I was like, what do you mean when you close your eyes, you don't see code? So I think that yeah. that probably has something to do with, with spending a lot of time with her. Yeah, you're right. So is she involved with you on the rental property side? Uh, well, if she's listening to this, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. She, she, she really does. Uh, she is the... Uh, she is the the heart of our business. Uh, uh, we are very like classic, me being number, she being like really focused on making things better because we started the branch of our Airbnb short-term rental. And um, I mean, she took it and she ran with it. Uh, it was like, she definitely like doubled our growth, uh, made the reviews better. Like she completely made everything better. Uh, now we actually made a switch to midterm rental because of the changes in the market, but still she is, she's really, really helpful with, with almost every, every aspect of business. Yes. To answer your question short. Yes. Totally. <laughs> right on. So <laughs> again, you had, you had gone to 38 units and then cut down to 20. I mean, was it some of those units not being profitable? Was it like believing if I get, if I pull the cash off the table, I'll be able to do better. Exactly. So, uh, what uh, one of the things that my wife and I do is that we go back and we like we have quarterly meeting. Uh, it's really official. Like we we go to a restaurant, we have like agenda, we go through that, and we analyze our portfolio. Okay, this is the property that we have. Is it helping us to get? Uh, is it is it helping us to get where we want to? And if it is, 
awesome? And if it's not, why? And is this something that we can fix? So uh, we we started selling and infusing cash to the next deal. And then again, some deals we, we hold on to, some some deals we're like, this is a good flip. Sometimes we actually wholesale. Uh, so it's a, it's a combination of all. Got it. So you're analyzing each property. What, like, is there a formula for like, okay, well, this is not profitable enough. Is it like 10%, 20% IRR? Like what's the, what's the oh, line? It's actually, uh, that's what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be like, you know, like exactly like what is our return on cash? What are we doing? And then we realized that is a very terrible way to do things. Because uh, it's like on, it will give you great framework, but it's like if you want to live in a house that is only studs and it's only frames, that's not that's really not what you want to be. So we we actually did a, a, a print. A, it's like a practice we call it no BSY. Like don't don't BS yourself. Really look into yourself and really see what you want. And uh, when we did that, we realized okay, like. We want to have certain, you know, uh, passive income coming to our home and we want to like have this lifestyle. We don't want to be, we really don't care about like being more luxurious than like this lifestyle, but instead we would love to like, you know, see 25 countries. Uh, we want to travel, you know, in different part of the world and things like that. Um, so, so our goal was and is mainly about cash flow. So we are like, hey, can we make this deal in a sense that it's going to be cash flow positive? And if it is, as as you know, obviously when you consider all the, uh, you know, different aspect of uh, cash flow analysis, at the end of the day, how much cash flow it brings in, and if it doesn't bring enough cash flow for us, is this a house that we love? I mean, it's it's really like cheesy when I say this, but we actually have a home right now that is like minus fifty dollars a month, so it's definitely not a great, but we absolutely love that house like whenever we go in there we just like tall ceiling you know great patio and we're like this is a house that we want to have like we don't care it we, we are willing to sacrifice like you know 50 dollars a month and I still have this house so uh, and that's that's the type of discussion that is like really deep between basically the whole family and by family it's just me and my wife now but uh we we look into things and we're like okay how do we feel about this? The numbers tell us that we shouldn't feel great about it, but can we say screw numbers? We want to do it or not? And if both of them are like, no, we don't feel great about it and numbers aren't great either. And they're like, okay, time to, you know, contact our agent and get it listed. Move it on. So uh, I want to dive into this a little bit because you took over the property management, but you aren't playing the role of agent. So can you talk to me about those decisions about like, you know, obviously you could spend a lot on property management, but agents cost a lot too. So like kind of walk me through why, why use an agent, uh, but not a uh, property manager. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so it all goes back into how much time you have available, right? You have, you have two limited resources. You have cash and you have time. These are everybody's two limited resources. And, uh, it's all about like, how much time do I get if I want to save this much money? So with, uh, with property management, we were basically paying a lot for a property manager. And at the same time, we were sacrificing a lot of our time because we had to manage the property managers. So I was like, can I build a system, right? That can do like, you know, collect the rent from my tenants, can collect the request for maintenance. And I can have a system that someone else looks into it, connects the tenants to the right vendor or a handyman or whatever, get it fixed 
get them paid, and at the end of the month, just give me a report. This way, I'm gonna I'm gonna save money and save time. So it was a no brainer. I just had to spend like a week. I mean, it, I, obviously, I had to go back and you know trim it and make it better, but. Uh, I was like, can I do it in a way that I can have both time free and both money free? And if I can do that, heck yeah, I'm going to do it. So that was the decision before, behind the property management. For an agent, you need to go like, you know, take classes. You need to be like on top of everything. You need to uh, pay, you know, annual fee or license or whatever. And on top of this, uh, like you need to go to the house and show it to people and everything. I That is a huge time cost that we didn't want to pay. Now, there are a lot of lovely agents out there that are doing it, that they're killing it and more power to them. We just didn't want to do it. So we built a relationship with a lot of uh, local agents here. So we were like, okay, if we want to sell this house, like in this area, we're going to go with this person. If we want to sell it in this area, we're going to go with this person. And um, amazing mutual relationship. And they're bringing us a lot of deals because of that. And um, we were like, okay, this is something that we definitely want to you know, hand out. So. What I, what I want to say is short is you don't want to do anything in, in the perfect world. You want to basically have a button that you click on and then you get all of your, you know, cash flow coming to you. Unfortunately, the world doesn't work that way. So your job as a CEO of your company is to go back to all the functionality of your company and realize what are the things that you can somehow make it passive by building systems or handing it out to another company uh, or hiring someone out. And what are the things that Unfortunately, you have to do it yourself because there's no good, uh, you know, solution for it. And when you do this, you, I mean, there are a lot of things that just present themselves and it's, it's, it would be a no-brainer. Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between 5 and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. So you guys are taking a look at a much bigger property, uh, you know, close to 50 units. Yeah. So talk to us through the thought process. Like, how, how are you thinking through the underwriting on this deal? And it sounds like you've been doing mostly single family, small, uh, multifamily. Obviously, now getting into the bigger bigger units. Is that just to make management easier? Oh, uh, so we, we are, we are basically looking into a 50 unit apartment complex almost. And, uh, um, what we realized is that our system is working. Uh, we made it really good in the last couple of years and, uh, in commercial real estate, when you have a good operation, you basically immediately make better value. 
And uh, th this is a very weird time in the economy, like, you know, the credit rating going up and down and interest rate going up and down. Well, they're not coming down, they're just going up. Uh, so a lot of commercial real estates are in a lot of challenge. So if somebody can go in there, buy this property cheaper and can bring in a good operation that can actually improve the value of these properties, uh, I, at least based on my opinion right now, like on August 3rd, 2023, I think that's a good idea. And that's what we're trying to do. We're basically saying, all right, our operation works good. We, we're going to take over. We're probably going to be hands-on for the first couple of months. And we're going to learn too. I'm, I'm pretty sure a 47 unit is going to be a little bit different than a duplex. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, it's not going to be that different either, at least based on my discussion with a lot of other uh, friends of mine that have like bigger apartment complexes. Uh, so there are some similarities and there are some, not, uh, you know, differences. And the question is, can we see the differences and build our systems around it? And then uh, maybe hire a local person to just do like, you know, the tasks that needs boots on the ground and the rest being handled by a, by a system so we don't pay much money on it. And uh, basically that's, that's, the, that's the next step of our business, going to commercial, bigger residential, commercial real estate and take it from there. So... Obviously, step one, try it on the singles and the multiples. Now you're going to the biggers. So how how do you decide what like it is too big, for example? Like why does 47 feel fine? Uh, why not bigger? Why not smaller? Or is it just the deal that came across the table? That's a good question. I don't think we ever ever think a deal is a small. Uh, we look into it and see if we can actually make money off of it. If you can, uh, the question is, again, how much time you need to spend on it and how much money you can so yeah. if you can, let's say, buy a lot for $300 and you can sell it immediately for $5,000 and all you need to spend is like one hour, it's good. And it's not going to, like that money is not going to buy you a Maserati, but still right. going to be good to, you know, to do it. Uh, but uh, it becomes bigger when we have to tap into our cash reserve. So we always have cash reserve for the next six months. That, that's been our principle. I want to make sure that worst case scenario, Everybody leaves tomorrow without notice. We can still survive for the next six months. And uh, the, whenever we, we want to buy a property or what it deals like, okay, if everybody leaves, can we survive for the next six months? And if the answer is no, it's okay, how can we make it so that we can we can do it? Can we make it like, can we do a partnership? Like we've been, uh, we've been involved in partnership for much bigger projects and uh, those are fun too. Uh, but, uh, for us, it's like, if we want to just take it ourselves, can we survive on it for six months? And if we can, well, then let's take a look at it. If not, let's see how we can change that. And if we can't change that, then we need to pass. Has working closely with your wife made your guys' relationship better? Like how has it impacted your relationship? Uh, I would say, uh, well, there is a, there is, it's like a, a bell curve type of relationship, yeah. uh, relationship and, and amount of argument that you have. If you right. don't do anything together, then you don't have a lot of, you know, argument. If you just, if you're half-assed way there, you're like really not, you know, uh, uh, doing much, but at the same time, you're, you're trying to do much, then like if the lines are blurry, who is doing what and, you know, things like that, then I think that's the worst type of partnership because nobody knows exactly what they're doing. And then you expect somebody to do something and they expect you to do something and it actually makes it really bad. So you argue a lot and I think it hurts the relationship and it's not just marriage, any type of I guess, but when you guys are really sync and you know exactly what uh, department is for which person, uh, I think that's great. I think that's 
I mean, I was just telling her, uh, like we came out of a deal. Uh, and if it wasn't because of my wife, I would say I would have probably overpaid, you know, by almost a six digit. And, uh, like she was, she was, she was the one, you know, clawing and, you know, fighting and all of that. I was like, I don't think that's going to work, but it did. So, uh, it's, it's amazing. Like how different departments can do really great jobs. And, uh, I, I would say it actually made our relationship even stronger than before, for sure. Yeah. It sounds like she's quite the negotiator. Like what, what would, what, yeah, exactly. what, what amazing skills does she bring to the business? I would say she's an amazing operator, amazing operator. She's an amazing negotiator. Uh, I mean, uh, like, holy crap, like, how did you, how did you pull that off? Uh, so, uh, and she has, uh, definitely great taste. So whenever we want to flip a project or whenever we want to flip a house, she's the one that says, yeah, this goes in and this doesn't. I mean, if it was up to me, I was just like, Hey, just paint all the walls gray, all the trims white. Let's put it on the market. And she's like, no, nah, not, not this house, like for this and that reason. And she's hundred percent right on the money. Uh, mm -hmm. so I would say, uh, great. She, she really has a lot of like, you know, uh, attention to detail, I would say, which is great. Um, while on my part is more about like, how can we build a system to make it more streamlined so that you have more freedom of time? How can we, you know, make sure that, you know, the source of data that we're using for our marketing is accurate. You know, things like that. And I think the combination works great, honestly. I mean, I'm not saying just because I'm on this podcast, it, it really works great. Yeah, you kind of have a clear division of front of the house, back of the house, that type of thing. It sounds like she's out doing the negotiations, working with the people, making everything look great, and you're just making the yeah. system run. And so you have a, a great internal, external balance. Exactly. What, what's your guys' vision of the future? What do you see coming down the Right. Uh, we believe if we can get our passive income to a certain threshold, and that's what I was actually talking uh, the other day too, is that um, we both, uh, my wife and I, we like, we really like our job. It's we don't have to as of now. We actually have enough, you know, money coming in that we can actually quit if we want to. But we both actually kind of like took a job that was a little bit less stressful, but it was chill and good, and we we actually quite honestly we like it. I mean. Uh, it has a lot of good impact, but we're like, okay, if we make like this much passive income, maybe we can just start like completely leaving our job and uh, at least for a while, at least for that's a couple of years and let's, you know, going out there and experiencing the world even better. And then we can always come back and take another job or take our old job if it's still available. So we believe we want to build our box bigger and by box, I mean like a cash flowing box. Uh, the goal is to make it bigger. And if you have to buy bigger deals, that's what we're going to do. If you have to buy bigger apartments, that's what we're going to do. And uh, when we get to that point, we are going to, uh, we kind of like made this really clear that there is a certain number that when we get there, we're going to incredibly like slow down and we're going to uh, focus on other aspects of our lives because you don't want to get out of your, like, let's say day job rat race and get into real estate rat race and just start buying home and buying home and never have an ending. So our ending is to get a certain uh, number of cash, a certain amount of cash flow coming in and then start our life, you know, uh, and ex you know, experience new stuff. Yeah, man. Um, how much of life do you experience now while you're working and doing real estate? Uh, what do you mean? 
So, so you're talking about obviously once you hit that number, you're going to go experience more live, do different things. How much of those types of things do you get to experience now? Oh, as of now, we well, I think for us it's really traveling. We love traveling, mm. and as of now, we I would I would say we do like almost uh, our goal is like whenever we uh, we buy a house, it should be enough cash flow to give us like one you know travel outside of the country or two travels inside the country uh, when it's basically when it's stabilized. So we, we're, we're not actually doing that bad. I mean, I would say we're traveling pretty good. Like every two, three months, we actually travel somewhere. But when I, what I mean was like going to East Asia and live there for two years, like, you know, something like this, not even traveling, like completely just going in there and learn like, you know, how to build, you know, wooden, you know, uh, wooden cases of whatever or things like that, like yeah. something which is completely irrelevant, but maybe, you know, we will find peace in it. Uh, so that, that, that's what I meant. And that is something that is, we actually kind of intentionally didn't touch a lot so that we can, uh, we can actually get motivated and do more of what we're doing right now. But eventually we have a number in, in uh, in the head that we're going to get there and then we're going to start doing those type of things. If you were given a million dollars to nail the month that this will happen, what month and year would you say it'll happen in? Oh, uh, so I will get a million dollar if I can nail it down into when we're going to get there and be able to do it. Yeah. What, what month would you it's guess? Gonna, it's going to be, uh, it's going, most likely I would say it's going to be May. May. It's going to be May. Uh, mm. Like you're talking like in less than a year. Yes. Wow. Congrats, man. Um, Thanks. Awesome. So given that, I mean, that's like a, I mean, we're in August here, so that's what, like nine months or so. So Jerry would like to ask, what's your vision for the next 12 to 18 months? So kind of give us, yeah, give us the 12 to 18 months, because that's maybe nine months you're hitting your number and give us the first three to uh, nine months after you uh, hit the number. So we will be relocating to uh, South California. That's going to be the base where we want to live. Uh, we always love that place. We just want to be there, good weather, because we realize we are wasting half of our, you know, life because the weather outside is either too hot or too cold. And we're like, that's stupid. We want to go somewhere that we can, we can have 75 degrees all, all day long. And then uh, that's going to be the main thing. And after that, it's going to be um, basically just uh, starting. Uh, uh, so there's a, there's a program, and I know I'm going off rail a little bit, but there's a program with a Japanese airline or a and A uh, airline that allows you to go to 15 different countries around the world. Uh, as long as you don't go back, like you need to go through one direction throughout the globe and yeah. you can finish it in between two weeks to two years, all in first class. And you can just, you know, do it by points. We have points. So that's another thing that I think we're really good at is like playing credit card games. So we've got enough points, like that's ready for us to go. And then uh, we will be we will be traveling uh, uh, to fifteen the destinations that we have. Uh, we are still trying to nail down some of them, but definitely we're going to start from Japan, and then we're going to go all the way coming back to Europe, and then come back to New York, and uh, spend our two years like that. That's that's the plan. So from twenty twenty four to twenty twenty six, which probably the whole real estate market is going to be belly up. I guess I don't know. Uh, that's where we want to just. <laughs> Now we want to be out of it. We want to just have fun and just go traveling. Because 
a lot of our buy and hold rentals are actually on long-term loans. So it allows us yeah. to not be too worried and lose our slip over it. Oh, incredible. Pasha, man, thanks for giving us some insight into the system. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I mean, I would love to get pictures and updates from you as you're traveling the world, completely carefree, enjoying it, and, and on free points too, of all things. So how fun. So guys, if you're out there listening, write down something you learned from today's episode. Maybe it's like like how to travel in Japan for two years, or not Japan, but just around the world. Maybe it's the 47 uh, unit complex you were too scared to buy before watching this episode. Whatever it is, write down something that you learned from today. Share with somebody who knows that can hold you accountable. Because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know you too, we'll be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 